Okay, so that means you could do hatmana with wool shearings, but you can't carry those wool shearings. So the question's like this. We'll see in a second. Amar Rava made a statement. Nothing to do with our Mishnah. We see the Mishnah is going to create a problem. He's going to have to restate it. So, um, what do you say? He said, When are they mukseh? That's provided that he did not, um, he did not actually do hatmana. Then you're allowed to. Once you did hatmana, it's not mukseh because you showed that it's not important. A certain rabbi that came to Yeshiva that day asked Rabba, the Mishnah says, Tomim How can you tell me that once you do hatmana, it becomes mukseh? That's not the case. It, it becomes unmukseh because how can you tell me that? How can you tell me that automatically when you do hatmana it becomes unmukseh? We see that it's not the case that they're still considered mukseh. The Mishnah told me that I have to set myself up in a way. That it's that that um it falls off and I don't come in contact with it. Um okay, Ella it marhachitma, so we're gonna restate it. Amaravarava said, Lo Shanu, Ella Shaloyhtan Latmana. We're only talking about a case that you did not make uh specify them, you didn't make yichud. That's when we have to have a problem with Mukseh. If you let me just move this. But if you designated them, then they're not mukseh. Itmar nami kiat kiatera ravin amar biyakov amar biyasab and shul amar rebi lo shanosh lo yichdam latmanav yichdam latmanav atlutinotan. So good. So the the answer is to explain how what did Rava mean to say? Rava made a qualifying statement. We thought his qualifying statement was. That once you use it automatically, it's not mukseh, but that's not true. So we change, we, we, we change the qualifying statement to say that if you did something called yichud designation, it's not mukseh. Ravina Amar, no, I have a new answer. Really, Ravaz right. If you use it one time, that's enough to make it unmukseh. I, the Mishnah says you use it and it's still mukseh. The answer is, Bishil Heftik Shanu. Our Mishnah was telling a guy that's a businessman. And these wool shearings, whereas <laughs> he's using it, he's going to ship it out on Saturday night in an Amazon order. And therefore, anytime something is designated for business, it's considered muqseh on a higher level. Tanara Babar Barchanak Medirav. So now we're going to go through a bunch of things that are muqseh and how you undo the muqseh from them if you want to use them on Shabbat. Choreot Shel Dekel. Hard, uh, palm branches. Shigadran Laysim, you cut, cut them off for the purpose of burning them. So now they're We decided to sit on them. Sadiq Lakashay, you have to do an action in order to, you have to tie them, knot them to show them you want to sit on them in order to turn back the Kaili status and undo the Muqsa status. We're seeing there's three opinions on what you have to do to unmukseh things. One opinion is going to be that you have to. <clears throat> one mukseh is that you have one way to undo mukseh <coughs> is by 
is by thinking. One day we'll say is doing by an action. We'll see a third one coming up soon. The action meaning nodding them. The third thing is by just by using them. That is enough. Just thinking, I want to unmukse item makes it not mukse. Now I'm going to bring different opinions in the Moraim on this. And again, each Amora has to match to a Tana. Itmar, Rav Amar, Rav says, Chosher, nodding's enough. Shmuel Amar, Choshev. Actually, nodding is the, is the highest level. Shmuel says, Choshev, thinking's enough. I could think that I don't want to use this for wood. Just your shave. The fact that you sat on it once during the day before Shabbat, without nodding it, doing an action. Okay, so those are three opinions in how to unmukse something that was supposed to be for firewood. How do I turn firewood into sitting wood? How do I turn firewood into sitting wood? Either I do an action or I think or I um, use. So action, think, use. Mr. Bra raised his hands. Let's unmute him. Yes, Mr. Bra. Hold on. All the actions have to be done before Shabbat? Correct. Correct. Once I have you on the line, Mr. Bra, is this clear when I'm using this thing? Or it's the same? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Is it clear or is it the same? Sounds any better and doesn't make a difference? Fine, same. Same? Okay. For me, it's better because I don't have to scream. Look more mic. technically advanced, but you. Yeah, same. no, it's just that I'm, the microphone is by the computer. This way, I can move the computer further away from me and still not have to raise my voice. Okay. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> okay. So now again, we have those three opinions. Bishlam Larav, Amstein Rav, Kama. He matched the Tanakam. Shmuel Nami, Larav Asi. Where do you come with this new opinion? That just using it once before Shabbat, the mark come on, where do you get it from? Who the mark tana? He said, like this tana, the time we have a brighter, Yotzin, you let it go on Shabbat into the Shutta Abim, Bipakorim, with, with, uh, combed flax that you put on a wound. Ubitsifa, with, uh, combed wool. Both things usually like ancient band-aids, and there's no mukse, even though these things are, uh, <clears throat> so there's no, first of all, there's no use sort of carrying because it's considered your clothing. And there's also no refuah Shabbat because it's not here to heal, it's just like a band-aid. But this is bizman shet sivaan b'shemen, you, you, dunk, you dunked it in oil before Shabbat. Or krachan meshicha, you tied it with a thread, because that's a designation. Lo tzivan b'shem, lo krachan meshicha, if you didn't do those things to designate, e'en simen Shabbat because since they're, they're mukseh, because they're supposed to be used for weaving. It's not, and therefore it's, it's not going to be, uh, considered you like clothing and you can't carry it. But if you used it once on Friday, even though you didn't do any activity to it, so here you found this is the opinion of Rav Asi, that usage alone is enough. Okay. <clears throat> you have a right to that effect. If I have straw on a bed. So straw on a bed, straw smokes them. Don't now go and spread it out with your hand because the straw is muksa. 
If the straw was animal food, it's not muksa. Or If you had a pillow or blanket on the straw, that means you obviously uh, thought about it, and that's considered enough, or actually used it. Uh, so you see from here that again, like Rav Asi, that even though you didn't do an activity, but the fact that you used it <clears throat> before Shabbat, that's enough to unmukseh. Now the Gemara is just looking for the name of the Tanakama. It means the first, the first original discussion about the um, about the uh, palm branches had a Tanakama without a name. He's the one that said you had to do an action. So <coughs> looking for his name. She's like this. It's it's uh, it's a How do I know? He went to a certain place. He found these uh, palm branches. And they were designated for firewood. He told the students on the of Shabbat, Make designation in your mind, which is really not the opinion of time. We'll see. We're going to make an inference now. Today, sit there tomorrow. and I don't know the rabbi telling over the story. If the reason why the rabbi gave us this heter to use thinking, I don't remember what the story was. There was some mitzvah activity going on. That's why he allowed it. Since he was questioning which mitzvah story it was, I can infer only in a case where we were, because they were busy with the mitzvah and they didn't have time. In a regular case, kesher in lo kesher lo. So that's the story. That's, that's, in that story, I see the name of the Tanah that holds that you need to have actually time, which is an action. So again, all we really have still, just as far as concepts, is three possible ways to unmukseh something. And we found the names of the three Amoraim. We found the name of the three Tanaim that say this concept. Yes, Mr. Beracha? No, that was from before. It's from before, sorry. Who's playing piano there, Mr. Brown? Someone playing piano there, Mr. Brown? My son. Okay. We continue. Amar <clears throat> Yehuda. You're allowed to bring a basket full of dirt and you pour it on your floor of your house in order to use it on Shabbat. They used to use dirt because they had dirt floors to cover a mess. So you said someone spilled something on the floor, you just take a little dirt and you put it on top. Okay, you can do whatever you want. So you see, from the fact that you brought in, <coughs> that's Yichud. You have to actually designate a spot in the house to put it there. You just put it there uh, without uh, designated pot. Now, who is this opinion now that you're telling me that needs this designation? That you, that you don't need to do an action. There was no action done over here on this dirt. So it sounds like it's the opinion that those you don't need an action. Yes, Morris. So it, I don't see that we have a proof that 
just the thought is is good enough. No, designated, designated, This is designated versus an action. This sounds like an action. I poured the dirt on the floor. And no, then, and you other... do something to the dirt. You didn't do something, just pour it on the ground. That's designated. Doing an action is like nodding it, doing something to the dirt. I see. And and the case where there was a misvah involved? Yeah. So that's not that wasn't a proof. That was on that was that an inference. And the fact that he allowed that it only because it's a mitzvah sounds like if it wasn't a mitzvah, I wouldn't allow it. That means you need to nod it. You, you would not allow it if there wasn't a mitzvah. Right. So that shows that you have to do an action. It wasn't enough to think. Right. Got it. Okay. So so we don't have anywhere that we don't have any what? We don't have anywhere where it says that uh, a uh, not an action is good enough. There's no proof to that, right? That that thought alone is that 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 yeah. uh, thought we didn't alone see is that enough. Thought alone is good enough. No, we had opinions in the Tanaim that said that. We had opinions, but we never had. We didn't have a case that showed proof of that, correct? Right. Yeah. We're never proving anything. We're just we're just proving who holds like who. Not, it's just opinions. Right, okay. 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 So now the Gemara says. Again, so in this case, you're putting the dirt in. Is that putting the dirt in going to prove anything? So I says, no, I'm going to pop off. The only time the rabbi said you need an action, that's the midi the bar of the You could do so. You could tie the wood. The dirt's dirt. There's nothing to do with it. What are you going to do to the dirt? There's no way to do an action to dirt. So that's, that's what they're suggesting here. That maybe even the rabbanan that say you need an action, that's provided that the item is something that is action acceptable. Name it katanai. You could rub the vessels with any type of material. Chutzmi, kli, kesip, and gartikon. You can't use like, let's say, uh, what do you call it? Um, an abrasive material. Like um, today, uh, those, those scrub balls or something. Because it smooths it out. Hanetev mutab. But other things like like uh, sulfur and, 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 and sand are allowed. Another piece is a sore. Assuming they're arguing, the argument whether you could use sand to rub your vessels depends on does the sand need an action? And even though you can't do an action, but you might still need an action, so there's no way to fix it. Something that can't have an action done to it doesn't need an action. What's, what's the, how come there's two opinions whether you could use sand or sulfur to rub materials? Means when I'm when I'm washing this, I'm not intending to smooth it out. It's it's something that I didn't have kavanah to do. So they're arguing that's that's what they want to say. The argument is whether I could use sand on my silver cup. It's not an argument whether sand's muksay or not. It's an argument whether the davash elamit kaven of smoothing out the cup is a problem. I was going to ask on that. You want to suggest now that this brighter that tells me that I can't use, I'm sorry, that I could use my sand on my <laughs> glass, my, on my cup, is going to be Shimon. My king had could be Shimon. You can't use this sand for your hair because it might pull out a hair. Shimon does not concern. He holds Elamit Kaven. You're allowed to put uh, sand in your hair. It's not in the case of Nazir, Nazir Chofef, he's allowed to put sand in his hair, but his face is allowed to separate the hairs. Although he can't comb his hair. Combing is going to for sure pull it out. It's Psikresha. It's, it's, but if anything that's not for sure going to pull it out, you could. 
So how can you tell me the Mishnah that tells me that I'm allowed to use the sand on my cup as long as it could be Shimon, then it be Shimon has a problem with the Sefer because you were allowed to use, put it in your hair also. You have to say it's Rabbi Yudah. They're arguing Rabbi Yudah. What are they arguing about? The argument just is whether sand, if you're concerned that sand will actually uh, smooth it out. Because if sand would smooth out, it's a problem. And they just argue whether sand would smooth it out or not. Another problem. Let it do your face and your hands and your body. It might pull off hairs and it's but how could you tell me that I'm allowed? I can't put it in my hair, but I could in my face. Maybe that wouldn't allow your face either. You buy it, I'm going to give you all different answers of people that don't have hairs. It's, it's a katan, it's an isha, it's a sris. It's someone who doesn't have hair, and that's what it's allowed. Okay. Next. Amar shari. If I crush a brick and I get some dust from it, I'm allowed to use it to wash my face, even if you have a beard, because it doesn't definitely pull your hair out. I mean, you'll say if kusma would just put on different materials that a lot of use to wash your face is not going to definitely pull hairs out. Going to Bishimon, the Dvar Shem of Kavain's Mutar. Going to Bishimon, everyone knows, or should know, the Varsha Shem of Kavain's Mutar, but if it's a psikresh, it's for sure going to happen, it's Asur. So we'll be discussing materials that are not a psikresh. Kusma, the Yasmin Shari, you'll have to use the, the leftover, the, the, uh, what do you call it? Um, but the word for the leftovers, the, uh, I don't know, the psalat, I forgot the English word for it, of sesame, so you'll have to use your face. Um, sesame pulp, thank you. Amar afar pilpli shari, you have to use the, the, uh, the dust of pepper to use your face. Amar sheshit barda shari, you can use barda, what's barda? My barda. Amar Yosef, tilta ala, it's one-third aloe, tilta asa, one-third hadasim, tilta sigli, one-third, I think, jasmine. You have to make sure there's less than 50% aloe, because if you have a high aloe content, it's going to cause hairs to come out. I'm a mush uh, olives on Shabbat. I want to get rid of the bitterness. I'm a lot of crush them. I'm a lot of crush them. I'm a lot of crush them. Why not? Kasavar, he holds, Mishum Hefset Ochlin, that when you squeeze it, oil's gonna come out, and you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to ruin things. So from the fact that he said, in the weekdays, you could crush the owls, he just wants to know if you could crush them on Shabbat, again, I want the oil to come, I'm crushing them, not for the purpose of squeezing them, I just want to, I want to get the bitterness out, and somehow crushing takes out the bitterness. The fact he's not concerned with losing the oil, Lema Pliga de Shmuel, the Marshmuel, Osadam called Sokovapat, so the one over here, so that's asking the question, Sounds like he holds that you, that, that not like Shmuel, cause Shmuel says, you're allowed to use food for other things. So it's, he's not worried about ruining food. Amri, so when I says, it's different. Pat, lomi isa, bread doesn't get ruined when you use it for other purposes. And it's still edible. That's why he said you could use things with bread. But when it comes to these cases, honey, in the case of the owls, be easy. Okay. Um, now we're talking a little bit about this barda, this aloe stuff. Um, they born in front of this barda, this aloe, jasmine, hadassim mixture. Um, they used it to wash the hands. Mazuchalomashi didn't use it. 
Don't you hold bar allowed? Don't prove anything from him. I hold you can't even do it during the weekdays. Because, because, because we'll see in a moment. Why not? Because Savala Tanya. You let it get off this, this uh, little, uh, whatever, dirt from you. If you're in pain, if you have little things that are bothering you, you could take them off if you have a, a, a scab or something that's bothering you. In Bishulia Apolot, if you're doing it to beautify yourself, Asur. Why? Because a man is not allowed, so you're not going to start, start beautifying yourself. So therefore, using this aloe mixture, that's a lady thing. Men don't use antiperspirants, it's for ladies. We continue. Um, the inhu commands of Ruah, so who allows men to wear antiperspirants? The only reason why you're washing your face, the only reason Mr. Bra looks like he looks now, not because he wants to look spiffy, it's Bishvil Kono, it's out of respect for his creator, for Shabbat. So when you take a shower and you beautify yourself, you're not doing it because, um, because A, I want to look pretty. You're not doing it B, because uh, whatever the other reasons are. You're doing it because you are a servant of Hashem. The servant of Hashem has to look presentable. That's why you're looking the way you look. All those people that are not showing their faces obviously feel that they're currently not presentable. We respect that. Okay, next. This is in our Mishnah. I have a box. What does that mean? He says, I don't want you taking the pot out of the hot mana because you're going to take it out. And then you're, let's say you put it into uh, dirt, whatever it is. You're going to take it out. The dirt's going to collapse, right? And now you're going to put it back in. You're going to start touching the muksan, things like that. So I don't want you taking it out. I just want you to take the box with the insulation and tilt the box. Don't remove the pot from the insulation. So what's the argument? Everyone agrees that if the, if the insulation indentation collapses, you can't put it back in. So let's, we're going to have to figure it out. Let's say put it in, take it out. Hey, what's the case? If the guma did not collapse, then they have a good point. Why shouldn't you put it back? Elav must be. And still, they're allowing it. Well, we're talking about that the the indentation is still there. So what's the machlok? We're going to want to pull the pot out and put it back in. Is that they're arguing whether they made a gezera that were concerned maybe it's going to collapse. We're afraid it's going to collapse. We're not afraid it's going to collapse. Now we're talking about certain things about having to do with uh, putting things and taking things out. Slightly related to that discussion. Amravuna, high slikusta, some type of good smelling fragrance that they used to put it in the ground to keep it moist. And when you put it in and take it out on Shabbat, it might be a problem. It might be a, a problem of, of, of carrying the dirt. It might be a problem of making the thing bigger. So if you put it in a few times, if you put it back and forth a few times, then we're not afraid of taking it in and out on Shabbat. 
Similarly, you put a knife and you put it between some bricks. And again, taking in and taking it out might smooth out things on Shabbat and also have mukseh. That's a shalf other dots. If you put it back and forth a few times for Shabbat, shari vilavasir. I now want to put this knife into uh, a, a, a bunch of uh, reeds. You can put it out and we're not afraid that you're going to smooth it out. Okay, so now I'm going to ask the question of these rabbis that uh, that they're not worried about Moksha. I'm going to have Mordechai, Rav Matev Rav Katina, Tzuyufta, Hatomen Lefet Usunot, Tachat Agefen. If you put a radish and uh, turnips uh, uh, in the ground, Tachat Agefen, in order to protect them, in my yam, the ksat alav mabulim, if someone was sticking out, eno choshesh, we're not afraid, lo mishum kalayim, it's not considered you're planting, there's some of it sticking out, lo mishum shvi'it, it's not worried about planting on shvi'it, lo mishum maaser, I'm not worried about the fact that it's going to have a new chayav of maaser, but he told him b'shabbat, all these things can be taken out, and it doesn't mention over here, um, doesn't mention over here, there's a problem with taking it out with the dirt moving, but since you're doing it indirectly, it's okay. So why'd you tell me that I have to go take out and in all these things beforehand? Because I'm afraid about the dirt. It's not a problem. As long as the, the, the if you have a carrot, you stuck back on the ground to keep it fresh and the green leaves are sticking out and I want to pull it out, it's not a problem. And Tiyufto, we knocked out these Amoraim. That's our story. Bezrat Hashem, we'll see you tomorrow for Daphne